Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Ask OTC, the show where we answer all of your questions from the week in European football. I'm Dotton Adebayo. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Alexander Johnson. This is from Bailey, Alex. What's stopping Girona winning La Liga? They're currently top of La Liga now, ahead of the likes of Real Madrid. Why should anybody be questioning whether they would win the league or not? Well, I think they've they've definitely done an incredible start to the season, but I think it's it's extremely difficult to win the Spanish league and it's a very long season. Um, more than that, if you actually look at their fixtures, uh, they have only faced two of the teams in top seven of the league. So they've only played against Real Madrid and Real Sociedad of the seven top teams. They drew with, uh, with Real Sociedad... Uh, 1-1 and they lost to Real Madrid. So they've only got one point uh, from those two games and the Real Sociedad one was on match day one, I think. So the struggle for Girona is that they have very difficult games ahead of them. They're still to face Barcelona, they're still to face Atletico de Madrid, they're still to face a very informed Real Betis, they're still to face Athletic Club de Bilbao uh, and so on. So they have uh, some really difficult games ahead of them, not to take anything away from what they've achieved so far, which is completely incredible. Um, but I think it's, it's going to be difficult for them to keep this up, uh, and especially where they face the, the bigger and tougher opponents. Yeah, this is not the first time that we've been talking about Girona and Ask OTC. Our, our listeners do love to hear about Girona. And this follow-up f- question from Jonathan echoes just what people um, might be thinking. Does the City Football Group's ownership of Girona make their current success at the top of La Liga any less of a fairy tale? Yes. Yes. I don't, I don't think there's any uh, two ways of... Of, of looking at that but I think as with City themselves 
just because there's resource there and you know there's nowhere near the resource of the biggest clubs in La Liga by the way you know they're not allocated an absolutely massive budget by no means limitless and they have to cut their cloth accordingly um I think if you look at City themselves just because they've got resources that doesn't mean you can't respect the way it's, it's, it's run um and I think in terms of good management good signings it's it's really it's really hard to argue with with City or with Girona. I, th- I think the, the thing with Girona is, as well as the fact that you know bear in mind that Tati Castellanos, who was loaned to them as part of that relationship actually, because um, New York City FC couldn't get a buyer for him at the level they wanted, so they kind of placed him with Girona for the season, like shop windowed him basically, um, so he, he would maybe get picked up elsewhere. There was never a, a long term plan for him to stay at Girona, and of course he scored four goals as, in, a, in a game as they beat Real Madrid last season, and that eventually got him a move to Lazio. So that that worked for Girona in the short term. That worked for uh, New York City FC as as, as as well as the player himself, um, but they had to replace him. Um, they've done well to fish outside their own pool I think you look at the Ukrainians that have come in uh, Sigankov and uh, Artem Dovbik uh, have been really great this season um, you know, Sigankov was great last season as well um, when he came in in January and uh, Dovbik has, has really added something to their game a consistent scorer for Dnipro 1 in the Ukrainian Premier League and has, has done great since he, since he came over so um, I, I, think, I think you have to admire that and also, um, and Alex is totally right about the, the difficult games they'll face. I think, you know, if they were to finish top six, it would still be an enormous achievement, by the way, when you, when you look at the resources available to them. What's impressed me so far is not just the, the points they've got, uh, 11 wins from 13, as you were saying, Dot, and they've only dropped five points in 11 games so far. Uh, not just the fact they play really, really good football, but also the fact they've won games in different ways as well. So you look at the the game they played against the Rayo last weekend, and um, they were a goal down, getting absolutely hammered in the first half, and they managed to hang on and find a way to to chisel it out. So it's not just about dazzling football. There's there's a bit of there's a bit of mentality there as well. There's there's a bit of mental strength, um, which is 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 really impressive. Um, but yeah, super super long way to go. Having having said that. And what about for the wider public, Alex? Is is it seen as a fairy tale there? Because you know the Spanish public are used to a handful of teams being at the top of La Liga, and Girona just isn't one of them. Yeah, no, but definitely, like uh, for a team like Girona to start a season this way is, is not anything anyone expects. I think, of course, with with the uh, resources they have, they're expected to do decently well but when we talk about decently well it's be like mid-table team they're not expected to be a team playing in Europe they're not expected to be a team um, at the top of the La Liga table and they've certainly put themselves in a position there while I don't think they're going to win the league or even be in the mix of, of winning the league they might be in the mix of taking a place and playing in Champions League or Europa League next season and for a team like Girona, uh, from a city as small as Girona, that, that is uh, a really big thing. And despite, sure, they have the backing from, from the city group, but I f- feel like in, in Sp- Spain it's still seen as a, uh, as a little bit of a fairy tale because it is a, a small team from a rather small city um, that are doing some quite remarkable things. 
Another of the teams that our listeners love talking about is Union Berlin in Germany, Andy, where you've just come back from. Uh, this is from James. Why did Union decide to sack Urs Fischer when the fans loved him so much? Uh, short answer to that is they didn't sack him. Um, it was it was a mutual decision, and I know mutual decision is used a lot in football to uh, save blushes. Um, when you saw the way that Dirk Singler, the president of Union, discussed it in the in, in the press conference, you believed him. Um, that, that he said it, it wasn't him resigning, it wasn't us firing him, it was simply a mutual decision, and a mutual decision that was brought about by results, really, because they had lost. 12 games in a row. They drew that game at Napoli in the Champions League, which in a roundabout way sort of precipitated Rudy Garcia getting the boot from Napoli because, of course, they went on to lose their next home game against uh, Empoli as well. And he's been replaced by Walter Mazzari. But I think it, it was just they'd, they'd run out of ideas in terms of how to break it. You know, I don't think it's a, a bad squad by any stretch of the imagination and that's certainly the feeling in the club you know there's some really good players there um, but as Fisher had just come to the point where he's like, I've done so much at this club in five and a half years how do we move from this situation because it's all been forward really for them since as Fisher has been there and Oliver Runa the sporting director has, has been a huge part of that as, as, as Derek was saying uh, last week but I think you know you look at the promotion and then the staying up easily, then the qualifying for the Conference League, then the qualifying for the Europa League, then the Champions League. It's all been in the same direction. And now this has been something that's difficult to cope with. And I think the absence of Rani Kadira has been absolutely huge for them this season. And I think behind every managerial departure, there is a hard luck story. And he's part of that, definitely. Um, and, you know, a lot of those games haven't, haven't been terrible either. What I think is important is the way that Union have, have, have dealt with this. So um, when he's gone, you could tell Singler was like really emotional, actually, and genuinely sad um, that, that he'd gone. Um, and the way the club has reacted with just total gratitude to him. You know, we saw that a couple of weeks ago in the way that when they were getting hammered at home by Eintracht Frankfurt, he was still referred to in song as a, a football god, a football god, by um, by the fans, which is is really nice. Um, and you know they, they they won't forget him wherever they go from here. Um, uh, they've got the under 19s coach Marco Grota in 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 the, in the short term, and his assistant uh, Marie Louise Etta has, has come with him, so she'll be the first woman on a Bundesliga um, a men's Bundesliga bench which is, is is quite interesting. But, you know, as Dirk Singler, the president, said, it's, it's, it's really nothing to do with them, um, you know, promoting her just to make a headline or whatever. She's she's part of the club. She's an important part of the club. And it's, it, it just would have been weird if they hadn't given it to her uh, rather, rather than the other way around. But that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see who comes next as well because it's a very specific club with... Very specific needs. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This from At The Bridge. Are there any emerging talents in La Liga that listeners should keep an eye on this season? Yeah, there is quite a few. <laughs> no, there is, there's always uh, loads of interesting ones in, in La Liga, I think. Um, for me personally, I would pick out three. Uh, one that I've already mentioned in the previous part that, that we did when we talked about Real Sociedad, which is Ander Barrenechea who is 21 now, but he made his debut for, for Real Sociedad when he was 16, scored on Real Madrid and took the bike home. Uh, <laughs> but, but he's, uh, so he was a really big prospect already then, but then he's had uh, a lot of injury trouble problems for the last few seasons. And this is probably the first season where we really get to see what Ander Barrenechea is made of. And he's been incredible for Real Sociedad so far. I think he was the best player against Benfica in a match where I think most of the Real Sociedad players were, were playing on a very, very high level and he still stood out. Um, he's a very fun player to watch as well. Very, very skillful, very quick. Um, on the ball and for me has I think what's always stood out with me for him with him is his touch on the ball when he does crosses or when he takes a shot it's like the way he hits the ball is uh, I think Andres Iniesta did something similar um, and it just it feels good in your entire body somehow when when you see that hit uh, so that for me is a very exciting player that I think people should keep an eye on and I think this is his season to really really break through uh, another one in Atletico Madrid is uh, Pablo Barrios, who uh, I think Simeone's plan for him was to take it a bit slower than, than has, it has ended up being. 
uh, but because of all the injuries that Atleti has been suffering and uh, earlier this season when Koke was injured a bit, uh, it made him kind of have to play Barrios a little bit more than he maybe intended to do um, because he didn't, I don't think he expected him to be uh, as ready as he's, he's shown. He's a really, really good midfielder and he's been one of the, a really, really important player for Atleti this season, not just been, you know, a talent who has the future ahead of him, but he's uh, actually come in and taken a key role uh, in, in matches. Uh, and when they have had all the injuries they've had, he, I think he's been uh, uh, very, very important for them. Uh, and I think that is one player to, to really uh, keep an eye on. And then in uh, Real Betis, uh, we have an 18-year-old, uh, Asan Diao, who uh, in his two first starts for Real Betis scored in both of the games. Um, and he's also a really exciting one to, to keep a track on. So I think those three for me, there's many. I could sit all day and, and name players, but those are, are three that I think are very exciting to follow, especially this season. Diao really looks apart, I agree. It's especially when... You think of the players that Betis have to play behind the striker and Fekir coming back as well. They're going to be really good to watch this season. I love the way, actually, this question is um, emerging talent. So it means they don't have to all be 19 and, and, yeah. and, and 20, which, which is quite a nice way of putting it. So I, I, I would have, I would have um, identified Barrios, uh, um, which, so I totally agree with Alex there. But... I think there are, there are a couple of others from Atleti who are interesting to me. I think um, Rodrigo Riquelme, having come yeah. back from alone at Girona, um, he's looked, he's been more involved than I thought he would be at the, the, the start of this season as well, which is partly due to the fact that they don't have a lot of money to throw around um, at, at the moment. Um, that's that's for sure. And, and the other one would be another player who was loaned out last season, Samuel Lino, who's been brilliant, I think, in the opening weeks of the season. But it's all down to the way, really, that he scored a banger against um, Villarreal last week as well. But he's, he's been great in, in all the big games as well. And I think why those two really stand out is because of the way, and you know, we've said for years, is Simeone ever going to evolve? Well, he has, actually, a little bit. And the fact is that the players have forced him to. The changing nature of the squad that he's got has forced him to change a, a little bit, even if... You know, you've had situations in the past, I think, when Simeone's spoken about um, Real Madrid sides who, like, keep it tight and win games 1-0, and it's felt like he's loved them more than his own team a, a little bit. But because they habitually play with three at the back, players like um, Riquelme and players like Samuelino particularly, they're more and more important to them because they need those sort of wing-backy type players. And it was always a, a role that, say, Yannick Ferreira Carrasco was always forced into, but not massively suited for. And whereas Lino, it looks like it's perfect for him. you got a lot to live up to if your name's Riquelme, is all I was thinking about there. <laughs> anyway, sure. this A lot. This from Pete, it seems, Alex, that you are now our official... Hey, um <laughs> correspondent, because Pete says, I don't watch a lot of the Sweden national team, but it seems like they're going through a pretty poor spell currently. Um, well, you could say that again. They're not in the Euros uh, next year, 
in Germany, for one thing. And Pete asked, what are the reasons behind them dropping off and why don't they seem to produce as many good players as I remember them producing in years gone by? Yes, firstly, I think uh, the main problem that's been for the Swedish national team has been that they've had a coach and uh, a players that are not doesn't fit together. So if we go back to when Sweden did really well in the 2018 World Cup, uh, we had a squad that really fit, fit together with the style of play that Jan Andersson is so good uh, to coach. Then I think he was just the perfect coach that the Swedish national team could have had. And in that tournament, Sweden did do a lot better than, than expected and I think did an incredible tournament. Uh, but then uh, moving f from there, we've had an emerge of, of players and we have had players retiring and so on. And there's been a change of generation and it's very different type of players that Sweden has today than they had then. And he as a coach does not really fit in the way he wants to play football with the material that there is. Um, and I think that's been the main problem for Sweden, that he did an amazing job as the Swedish national team coach, but he sh probably should have left the job several years ago. And uh, that's what everyone in Sweden is, is, is thinking. Now he's going to leave. Um, I think this is his last games this, uh, this week. Uh, and then he's, he's leaving the post and they're looking for, for a substitute uh, for a new coach. Uh, but it's just been going on for too long um, and uh, it's just been game after game, uh, national team break after, <laughs> after each other, where it's been just so clear that this is the wrong coach for, for what Sweden currently has. And I think that has been the, the main problem. Um, and then you can discuss if there isn't as, as good players anymore. Um, I think that if we go back to 2018 again, I think that was a worse, uh, we had worse players then than we have today. Um, that then it was more about that what he managed to do with that team was to take maybe not the best squad, but make them very strong as a unit. Um, and that's what was needed then. I think today we do have a lot of very talented and, and interesting players, but they're not being used to their full potential in the national team. There is some that that isn't being called to the national team, that probably should go ahead of, of other players. Um, and then we have had quite a few players who's, uh, because they haven't been called up to the national team, has decided to go and play for other national teams. So there's been quite a lot of talent lost as, as well. So I think it's a mix of all of those things. Um, and uh, it will be interesting to see now who becomes the new coach and, and what direction that will take Sweden. Well, congratulations, Alex. You have become the new Sweden coach. Um, uh, who are the three players you fit, pick to fix it? So, um, I don't think you fix it in, in an instant, but looking to... to this is a great opening press conference, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so far, you know what those journalists are like. Be careful, Alex. It won't happen overnight. <laughs> it won't happen overnight. But looking into the future, I think that the player that's going to be absolute key for Sweden in the future is a current 19-year-old. His name is Hugo Larsson. Uh, is of course a Malmö FF product, <laughs> but he's he's uh, he broke the the transfer record this summer. Uh, broke the old record that Slatan had when he went to Ajax. He also broke uh, Isak's transfer fee when he went to Dortmund. Uh, when he was signed by Frankfurt and he turned down Atletico de Madrid uh, who offered even more because he's, he thought he, he wasn't at that level just yet so he preferred to go to Frankfurt. I think he also had offers from Chelsea and some other clubs 
and Frankfurt expected him to to kind of this season, you know, be a bench player, get some minutes here and there. He's a 19-year-old kid, but he's basically gone in and become one of their key players and he's taken Bundesliga by storm so far. Um, I think that is a midfielder that is, I think, a level that we rarely see in Swedish football. Um, I think he has the potential to become, uh, if there is no injuries and all of these things that can happen, he really has the potential to become one of the the best Swedish players um, in modern time um, and uh, I think he having him in a midfield of the Swedish national team already there um, you've gone a, a long way in, in creating something quite strong um, so he's my my number one <laughs> guy and then I think uh, it's so many interesting players I know who I would have wanted in defense but we already lost him to Bosnia, which is Anel um, Amidomic, who is playing for Sheffield United, um, who would have been brilliant, but he's he's been lost. Um, there's many really, really interesting players and young players coming up. And if uh, honestly, if I would start mentioning, like just mentioned three, it, it would feel like I'm picking the wrong ones. Um, so, and then obviously we have players you've already heard of, like Kulusevski and Nisak, and I think you can get so much more out of them. Um, we have, Actually, uh, once you mention those names, you suddenly realise that, you know, Pete, come on, let's be fair now. They've got decent players there, <laughs> a lot of decent yeah. players. And I, I, I wonder, and you can't rule out the Zlatan factor. Yes, indeed. Of course, he's a Swede, isn't more. he? Of course. Yeah, he's, da- yeah. he, because he's, a, he's a Swede because his dad used to play for Mama. Okay, so he don't was born rub in it Mama. In. I know, don't rub it in. Um, but I just wonder whether, you know, considering the, the Zlatan factor, if it's leadership, the strong leadership character that the Swedish national team has often relied on, you know, one big, strong, mm-hmm. often in central defence character to take them through. And I wonder whether perhaps that's what's missing. I think the, the leadership is what's missing, but I think to start with, it's missing from from the coaching level. Um, and then, like I said, I think right now, it's the wrong team. It's not, uh, and I think everyone is feeling that it's not the right player. Some of them might be, and then they're, it, it's just confusion, confusion, all of it, and uh, nothing is working. And I think what, what the Swedish national team is, is a new coach, uh, new leadership, and then someone who has a clear project, clear idea what they want to do. Um, and then start building around that. That's the biggest, I think, issue and the biggest uh, problem that needs to be solved and then go from there and and work out the the other things. But that's another thing. If a a player that I think could have been a leader in defence for for Sweden is is Pontus Jansson, um, who basically decided to stop going to the national team because he was never given the chance. He was, if he was called up, he has got to sit on the bench and it didn't matter who was injured. Uh, and it got to a point where he has decided, um, I don't call me anymore. And then Sweden has had the biggest problems with finding defenders. And you have so many players that either chosen another national team or he's decided, like, I'm not even going to bother anymore. Uh, and I think that is also a problem. You, you can't have it that way. It should, you should make it an atmosphere, a place where everyone wants to do anything to, to get to be there. And and last couple of years, it feels like it's rather been like more and more players just kind of turning the national team almost down. 
And we haven't even mentioned Sven Juren. So thank you very much for listening to Ask OTC. You can find Alexandra on Twitter at Alexandra Jonsson, J-O-N-S-O-N. Next week, Andy and I will be joined by Miguel Delaney. If you'd like to ask a question, you can contact us at any time at Radio Dotton, at Andy Brassel and at OTC Pod, or you can email us OTC at footballramble.com. On the Continent is a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network.